0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trino Community Broadcast, episode number 50. It's a big milestone, really our first big milestone in the history of the Trino Community Broadcast. It's a momentous day, a great occasion. Manfred, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, it is definitely momentous. In the beginning, I thought we're not going to make it past 10, something with all our technical problems, but we'll hear lots more about that kind of fun from our guests that come come on later today. But um, with the Trino Community Broadcast uh, 50, we're also going to talk about some of the momentum that the Trino project is more and more experiencing. And, and I think there's a lot of really good news for everyone. And that's really awesome.
0: Yeah, so for those of you not familiar, my name is Cole Bowden. I'm a developer advocate at Starburst working on Trino. Manfred has been our host for a very long time. If you're tuning into this as a long time Trino Community Broadcast viewer, he should not be an unfamiliar face. We've got a couple other familiar faces showing up. so. I'll pull up our screen here. We're going to be joined by Brian, who will introduce himself in just a bit, as well as Dane, the co-creator and CTO of Starburst, Co- Trino co-creator, CTO of Starburst, Brian, longtime developer advocate, a more familiar face than me, I think, for people on the Trino community broadcast. He's done far more of these than I have. But before we get to that, we always have to start with our release updates. Uh, we unfortunately don't have official release highlights from Martine, so I've decided to provide unofficial release highlights of my own. Um, We've had a couple releases, and we'll have a big release showing up next week, we expect. But 4.21 had support for check constraints and update statements, so you're able now to do those as you see fit. Uh, We added support for insert into Google Sheets. It's kind of our lesser heralded connectors, but you can now write data Google Sheets with Trino, which is interesting for the people who use it in that way. Uh yeah, special shout than...
1: out on uh, to Sebastian Bernauer on that PR. He's great work on that. Definitely an odd idea to <laughs> use SQL to insert in a spreadsheet, but like it's definitely has its use cases, and I think it's really cool. Kind of yeah. like you know to explore the edges of what's reasonable or possible sometimes. So
0: thank you. Yeah, and we highlighted that as our uh, pull request of the episode last time we did the Trina Community broadcast. So if you want to hear more about that, you can tune into episode forty-nine and go towards the end. Uh, we have a performance improvement for faster queries on MongoDB tables with row columns. Those are super frequent. So that should be a performance improvement for most people using MongoDB. Uh, in 4.2022, uh, we improved insert and create table as select queries. So writing data is faster across the board. Uh, we added support for nested fields in add column statements. So you can now make more complicated columns. Uh, We added a native Avro reader to Hive. Uh, Dane has had a lot of work to do with native readers in Hive and Trino, so Hive and Trino is now reading lots of data faster, and if you go check release notes for the last several releases, you'll see that lots and lots of things are picking up speed because we've added these readers that handle different file formats better. Uh, And finally, we added a register table procedure to register Hadoop tables in Iceberg, so the table already exists you want it registered to iceberg through Trino. you can make that happen um so that's it for the most recent releases and uh i'm going to scroll down now to concept of the episode we have 50 not a factorial it's episode 50 so let's bring our guests on hello brian hello dean goodbye notes <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what's going on how you two doing hey, today hey. <laughs>
2: Good, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to to literally see be here at like at episode fifty, and not be a developer advocate in the community anymore. I did not think that was I did not see that oh, one coming. Come on,
1: you still are.
2: Well, so developer advocate for the open source community, I guess, but like it just my my, my focus obviously has temporarily gone to iceberg. But it's like it's it's just crazy that this. Uh, I don't know. It's like, like that. This is this thing that me and Manfred started out is just like getting its own wings. It's been like, I don't know. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. Like you all are doing it so well. Like Cole, you, you have the, you've always had the announcer voice over me. I got to say. So like, that's the one thing I've, I've always been jealous of you for, but, uh, I think that really adds a lot to the show. So I'm actually, uh, you know, pretty content that, uh, that you took my spot. So good. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it's also very nice to see like thanks uh shout out go out to starburst for the support right like in the beginning we <laughs> we were futzing around with all sorts of tools obs and like hardware yeah. sound and whatever streamyard is definitely making that a lot easier on the hosts but also on the guests right like just jumping in doing this in your browser really enables yeah. us to do interviews oh. relatively easy with lots of people which ultimately is a huge benefit for the community and and our guests obviously as well.
2: Yeah, do do you remember we anytime we had a guest that had like stuff they wanted to share, we were like, "Oh, sorry, you can't share your screen because I'm literally just like using OBS and like having OBS take a little part of my screen in Zoom and projecting that onto the on, onto the s- stream." So, we we were so limited and I had I tried doing all these hotkeys. There's like one a, was it uh, episode like one or two or something? I hit one of the hotkeys while I was doing it. Which demo, turned off the audio. <laughs> I literally, no, I literally just stopped recording, period. <laughs>
1: just, oh, yeah, that one, yeah, that one too. Yeah,
2: so. so then, so then, like it just abruptly stopped the live stream. And then I, we had to come back and you and I just recorded a little uh, part of it to make the video. It was, yeah. it was, it was rough times learning how to do this stuff. But I think, uh, I think we've, we've come a long way since then. So
0: I think the fun question, right, is, Dane, when you started working on an open source query engine, you know, 11 years ago or however long it was, you know, you were sitting there thinking, this is the kind of thing that's going to have 50 podcast
3: episodes about it sometime in the
0: future, right?
3: <laughs> no, absolutely not. That seems kind of crazy. I mean, you, I don't know if you, you all remember, we tried to do this uh, community... <laughs>
2: What we One call of it? the first it three like, episodes? It's like the very first three episode yeah. or the first three videos that were uploaded to the Trino YouTube.
3: Yeah, and there was it was like the first couple were great, and then it was just like you get to like episode four, and it's like, yeah, there isn't really enough to talk about, and people don't really <laughs> want to show up. So it's like it was way, way too much, uh, way too frequent, and too much yeah. work for us. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a much better format.
1: <laughs> yeah, the monthly cadence is working out well, and and we have lots of people that want to show up and like want to talk about their things. And the Trini project is also so active, like with the weekly releases and like all the contributions we're getting. There's always something to talk about. It was really interesting. I did some enhancements on the website recently, and I'm like just like figuring out things. There's so many things that I didn't know about that Trino does or other yeah. projects support Trino. But I'm like, oh, that's why. Like, you know, just going down the rat's nest of, like, oh, there's a commit message from that person. What does that person do? Oh, they are involved in that tool. Why, what? Like, and then you find out, like, I found out about Popsicle that way, for example, which yeah. I had no idea. That's, like, it's really interesting.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of rabbit holes to to go down to in inside of a community like Trino. Um, I, I remember the first reason why I was like embarking on building this show was like, I wanted to like, so I I wanted to start like doing quick videos that, that like covered stuff. But then I was like, Oh, I want to get into like nitty gritty technical details, but I didn't have the time immediately. And so I also wanted a way to interact with community members, right? Like one-on-one and get them some, some publicity. So that's kind of how this whole show concept came together and uh and i really you know wanted to ho- like jump into things like you know very confusing earlier on in the in the trino side of things and i hope it's less confusing now after i've harped on it for like i think three or four of the uh, at least of the trino community broadcast episodes uh cover it and then we also have like uh you know blogs and stuff like that but you know the, there was a big confusion, and even still, sometimes is uh, if somebody doesn't literally do a Google search before they ask us this question. But it's like, what's Hive? Uh, you know, like what's going on behind Hive? Do you actually run the instance behind Hive? The why is it called Hive if you're not actually running Hive? And do I have to have HDFS? Blah blah blah. So <clears throat> there's all this confusion around like what it meant to uh to do that so my one of my first blogs that i wrote was like intro gentle intro to the hive connector and then we you and me manfred we came out from that to bring a show around that and like answered specifically that question and so from that point you know in the early days we had to really sh- like sh- scrape and figure out like what are the things that are being most asked all that kind of stuff and i think over time it just kind of grew its own legs like uh a lot of the connectors you know people started reaching out saying hey like we'd love to talk about druid we'd love to talk about pinot we'd love to talk about you know so so that became a theme for a while and then it started getting into more ecosystem stuff like i think you guys just had uh the ibis really, folks really
1: great great really great episode with philip where we're like yep. going deep onto ibis and stuff and early yeah. on we had like the super set episode that yep that we had was really good, and that's actually one we want to reboot at some stage soon. Like, yeah, there's lots of stuff lot happening changed. in the Python ecosystem, right? Yeah, and that also gets me to the ecosystem overall. It's very interesting to see, like, the recent Trino Fest that we had is is a good sign of that, right? Like, we had two talks on the Python ecosystem, Ibis and Fugue, both of which enhance the interactions with Trino to support more Python-based workloads and stuff like that. Yeah. And and like a whole bunch of other really cool contributions and usages, like Kevin's uh, demo from Stripe, just looking at the metadata of Iceberg catalogs with yeah. SQL is like you know like really clever hacks that people come up with, and that's I yeah. think the power of the community where they do things you can't you can't possibly think of, right? That's the power yeah. of more people, more and, crazy people working together. <laughs>
2: and it's and it's insane because like. Uh, one of the one of the my favorite stories that but I'm working on a blog on this right now and I mentioned a little bit about it um, when when uh, it, we're getting to the let it snow uh, talk but uh, this whole story that we' you know we'd been constantly trying to get a snowflake connector landed in trino and uh, there the big issue was ultimately like how do we test this thing because there's just no infra and like you know does trino fund it does this out of the other and so they're just and Snowflake wasn't really immediately jumping up for this thing. Now, what's interesting is they actually showed Trino in in their slides when they talked about, uh, I can't remember, it was the iceberg support. So they showed Trino and Spark and, and them. So I was like, I was very surprised that they did that. But anyways, so, you know, it wasn't a, an initial thing on, on Snowflake's thing to be so open source friendly. And like, you know, so they they weren't really jumping out of their seats to, to give us support. So it was, it really came down to like, you know, well, what, what, uh, what can we do? How do we figure out like how to get these, these, uh, resources? So I think it was, you know, the Trino summit, we had a, uh, a developer meet or sorry a contributor meeting, uh, contributor congregation. That's what it's called. <laughs> uh, that happened the day right after the Trino summit. And this is getting people who are, you know, uh, writing code actively contributing to talk about roadmap items and things like that and where we where we focus our time and um you know running into eric from bloomberg uh he was also working on a snowflake connector and i was like oh uh, yeah well we already have one out there waiting in open source we just don't have a testing infrastructure and eric's just like oh yeah we bloomberg can just give you guys that our, our access to ours i was like oh well, that's easy. Yeah. I mean, how how do we set this up? And so the conversation from there just, just sprung off. Um, And then it it was like, you know, the only thing that was kind of left to figure out was like, well, you know, what do, for this person who had worked really hard, like, do we use Bloomberg's do we use theirs? And what ended up happening was we were able to kind of merge their, their implementations because both had been out in production for like over a year for each one. So get both of those out in production. Um, you know there was a lot more testing infrastructure that the um, this other company 4Pass, uh with Tang. He he was on the uh, talk to there. They had a whole lot more like like robust te- like t- testing built built out around this because uh, they had also gone through a couple iterations with Yuya, uh, one of the maintainers, and so they wanted to make sure it was like airtight before they were contributing it so they brought in a lot of that to bloomberg as well and then they just after the whole collaboration like it's still it's still in pr mode i don't think it's i i, I believe uh yeah. i checked like a week ago it's still there yeah. um so so yeah it's just like those kinds of stories are also becoming very prevalent uh in the in the internet communities like there's a lot of these connections being made um and uh and it's becoming a lot more like uh i don't know Like, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's really getting to this point where if something's missing, you can usually just like, you know, shout out, Hey, does somebody have a solution for this? And you pretty much can, can get an answer, uh, you know, whether it be on Slack or whether it be just meeting people in in person, it's really, uh, been a a great experience for me just to see, uh, all the different players and all the different agents in, in the community, just pulling together to do stuff like this. It's great.
1: Yeah, Dane, you started this collaboration in the Valley ages ago with Martín and David, right? Like when you first decided to open source. Yeah, then, right?
3: one of the first things we did, uh, once we had something that worked at all, uh, we went and talked to kind of everyone that we knew at any of the companies around us. Uh, Most of them were pretty positive and wanted to try it out. And so, like, if you go back to, like, the very first announcement, there were people who had been trying it out and using it and giving feedback. Um, The you can see the development through the first few years of Trino, like there what we needed at Facebook was actually fairly limited. Um, And we just kept adding stuff that the community wanted because we knew that. For the project to be successful like i mean it's kind of like a bit selfish but it's like i don't want to work on stuff that just kind of dies you know And at some point that happens to a lot of like projects inside of companies so we want to make sure that lots of people were using it so as interest dies out in one group one subgroup of the community like someone else there is to pick it up and Mm -hmm. we've seen that throughout the history of trino that like as one group starts fading out for whatever reason like good or bad of it like there's someone else to like you know have interest that's picking up so we can keep this thing going forward
1: and it's a bit of a flywheel right (laughs) yeah
3: yeah yeah. i mean i've worked on open source projects that died it really sucks
1: <laughs> you put
3: five years into something i mean i've worked on proprietary software that's died it's like it's the Did worst you work like,
1: on geronimo
3: oh yeah 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 and i think i don't think there's a single bit of that that's still alive
2: is it um, is it already uh uh it's apache actually, right so it's
3: yeah yeah uh well uh the biggest things out of it were like we actually built up a whole bunch of like the sub-components because uh was a J2EE server. So it had like an implementation of everything. So like we put a ton of work into sub-components. So like things like Tommy and OpenEJB and uh, transaction managers and all that sort of stuff like we built up so they could actually be certified. So a bunch of that lives on, but like the core of it, totally gone. <laughs> like Yeah, but ago. you know,
1: like ultimately the positive impact of that work still lives on, right? Like there is full mm-hmm. compliant J2E servers now available and stuff like that. Yeah,
3: That's- yeah. I mean, it, it taught a couple of important lessons around like how you actually build up a community and make sure that like things are sustainable. Um, yeah.
2: How do you do that, Dane? <laughs> well, for
3: someone else who's
0: like i want to make an open source project yeah. uh, uh,
1: long as long as it's are not competing with trino that is right
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i i i don't know there's there's just a lot to it i mean number one you have to actually think about it so like lots of stuff gets open source without a thought about are we actually going to build a community? Like there's certain things to get open source. They're pretty much standalone. They don't need a lot of resources, but if you're talking a project, the size of an analytics database, it needs a huge amount of effort to actually finish it. And it needs a ton of effort to just keep it going. Yeah. Um, So like you actually have to think about it. You have to think about like, how do we bring more people in, but isn't just bringing more people in. You've seen projects that they're, I won't name names, but they're very successful projects that are effectively dead because the software is so complex. They can't add so- features anymore. Yeah. And so we thought a lot about like, how do we bring people in? How do we get people like aligned with keeping complexity constrained so that we can actually continue to develop the database and add significant new features. So, Like you see extremely powerful features like polymorphic table functions going into Trino that like other analytic databases just aren't getting. And they're probably never going to get because the idea of adding them in is just rewrite the whole code base or like there's tens of thousands of lines of like very uh, brittle code throughout the code base. Um, So there's, the right people getting people to work together um making sure that you're putting enough features in to to keep people going versus like the complexity um so you just have to think about it and talk about it a lot
1: yeah one uh, one aspect on that side of, that, of things that i really love about trino is how like forward thinking trino is orchestrated and architected in terms of attracting other developers right like the code has to be clean you can't just throw some hack in place and hope that the next like developer that comes after you understands what is going on here and we also heavily invest in making sure we're staying on top of the technologies Our like dependencies are all pretty clear pretty new we have a very new runtime requirement right like we're working on java 21 support even though java 21 isn't even out yet right so yeah. uh, but we're going to be ready, and, and that's the kind of stuff that on the one hand makes it interesting uh for developers to contribute but then also makes it safe for people to use right like you don't have any old dependency you don't have to worry about cves and like security issues so much right so i think that's yeah. one aspect that i really appreciate a lot and That's definitely something that's not happening in a lot of open source projects that just get thrown over the wall or kind of like, sort of like sit at the core of some proprietary company that ultimately just does everything else around it in their proprietary thing, but the open source project is kind of left to die, sort of, and that's really awesome in Trino world. Like, I think we have really good partners there.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting too, like, as we see... Uh, AWS like put in more a much heavier investment as well like seeing just really big big players like that and then you also have like Microsoft starting to look into some support like all the clouds are trying to figure out some way to get to get Trino uh, you know and, and, and as far as like I think the, the one thing I get still annoyed by though is that people still regard Trino as like ad hoc I'm just like come on Like, I don't know how to get that message out any clearer. Like, it does both. Yeah, it does. It does both. No, like I literally, you know, when 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 I did the Commander Bun Bun stuff, (laughs) I'm just like, I did anything I could to just like tie it to something that was just like you know eye catching, and then have the real technical like content to back that up. And, and like, I don't know what it is. I think it's just this really, once you've gotten your mind around like what something is, it's so hard to untangle that and undo that. Um, And so, so that's one of those things where it's just like, uh, you know, I, I I really uh, am excited about the adoption. I think people realize it's there, but fewer people realize just how like a lot of these features, like the fault tolerance capabilities that make Trino very likely something that could take, uh, you know, for, for most companies over all of their, like basically data lake query engines or federated query engine needs. <laughs> so, um, so I, I don't know. It's, it's like, uh, I, I, I like the fact that people are are catching on, but like they just keep, they, they, they go with the hive mind of what everybody currently thinks. I'm just like, <laughs> if you only knew the, like this, this amazing feature that already exists here, um yeah, so I don't know. That's that's always been one of my things I get. yeah, uh, I, I was just like, Oh, I I, I love the adoption and all like that you're thinking about this, but don't put it in a box. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: there's always room to improvements, right? Like, I mean, yeah. Cole, you started on, on on Trino also a pretty long time ago and you've seen a lot of improvements going past, right? Especially now as a release manager, you you see things flying past every week, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it's it's kind of funny, right? Is I, I showed up did a little bit of work, disappeared for several years, and then came back. And, you know, it's like, wow, this project is doing better than it was when I left it, like, by a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, release management is super fun. Um, I literally have looked at every single pull request that has been merged into Trino in the last year and a half. Like, every single one. Um, which kind of gives you a lot of appreciation for just how active the project is. Um, I think my favorite is, is the Ignite connector, which... It yeah, amuses me a cool little one. bit because I am still to this day unsure if anyone is actually using it, but I love that we have.
1: it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if, that, 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 if you're that's using a... our night connector, please reach out to me because I'm I'm curious because it was contributed by someone as like a hobby project of you know like yeah. let's just do it we can add a connector it'll work. Um... Well,
2: d- didn't he use it as, in his company? I couldn't remember. No, well, no, but... no, it was a side oh. project.
1: He used Tino as in the project, but that's yeah. that, that's a good segue. Cole. I'm just uh, gonna show this now. Um, one thing that we improved on the website just recently is we, re- we removed the old ecosystem slash resources page, uh, replaced it with an ecosystem page. And you can see here, we now have a lot of clients that we support. Um, there's more to be added. If you have one that we don't have here and you know it's supported, please let us know. We're going to add more. Ibis is just about to be added. Fugue Seeklist added. And I know there's much more, but if you have any that you know of, let us know. Um, And then data sources we just talked about, right? Like there's the Ignite connector, but there's all these others as well, which is really cool. And there's more to be added like uh, Jan Vaz's GitHub connector, for example. It's not an official Trino connector, but it is part of the ecosystem. So there's going to be more added here. And then also we are working more on add-ons, right? Like there's obviously Kubernetes support. There's the SQL formatter, for example, I never knew about. It's like a library that I dug up and found out that it supports the Trino dialect. Um, that was one of those like rat's nest <laughs> following the git commit and commit us kind of questions and stuff like that. So that's really useful and, and good to know, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, one thing to point out at the bottom there, I'm really excited to, to see at the very bottom of uh, da, 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 da.
1: this one. You want to replace this one?
2: i can't wait to see that get replaced so that's something that uh, also nice. the bloomberg team is is working on and it yeah. will soon say trino gateway and it will also have a lot of cool nifty updates <laughs> i was going to say i'm excited for that to turn into trino
0: gateway too it's yeah the legacy of a rebrand you yeah, know? Well, yeah we
1: might, might have to get some logo designed by Alison or so again i guess we
0: should just yeah. change our logo to to an x you know like <laughs> i <don't> know <laughs> <laughs> You know, as as disastrous as rebrands can be, I think the the Presto to Trino. I mean, on
1: the other hand, the bird is not as bad as that one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think
1: uh... on what's going on there um, since you're sort of hinting it but not spelling it out. So um, we found out like we basically um, got something going on the Trino uh, project kind of uh, organization called Subproject Maintainers uh, where we can rally or maintain us around a specific subject matter topic. So for example, um, myself and and Brian are looking after the website in addition to our normal uh, work. Yeah, but you're, I'm not not a a
2: sub- you're not a sub-project I'm maintainer. I'm a full-on a... sub-project maintainer. <laughs> so I days. get listed here, not you. <laughs> you
0: get listed
1: here because I'm listed up here. Okay, fine. Yeah.
0: But... Hey, Brian, if it makes you feel any better, I'm not listed anywhere. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yet, maybe. Yeah, anyway, yeah. what
1: I wanted to mention is that the Trino Gateway is potentially going to be one of those sub-projects that we are starting up. And there's not just Bloomberg working there. I'm working with Lyft, LinkedIn, Dune, uh, yeah. Apple and others. So this is gonna be uh definitely a very well supported project outside of the Trino core code base, but very well something that will be useful. And um this is gonna ramp up fairly quickly. We have the repository and we're gonna work towards getting that rolling. And that's definitely exciting. And we will make a logo, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah there's uh um
2: <laughs> there's there's this like thing that we're we're like uh, this this project that we're trying to do where um, the security model being on, like, uh, whoop, on the... Uh, um, oh, okay.
1: Sorry. You wanted to show something?
2: No, 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 no. You can take it off. You can take it off. Um, so uh, the the security model, like uh, we in, in tabular side, right? We we have uh, like an R back model that gets pushed down into like right next to the data, um, and so uh, one of the uses that we're looking into it, that we see a lot of people using is the Trino gateway setup. Which I don't know if it, you know, some of them are using Presto gateway, some of them are using you know like their own frankenstein versions um and so but regardless they're doing this general gateway to to, uh to talk to multiple trinos and so uh you know to to align that one of the things uh when they're using iceberg tables they've uh they've started to try to get to you know using the tabular model where actually pushes that down not going to say too much about you know Tabular right here, but that's one of those those things where the gateway being there actually has this very compelling um is very compelling use case for us as well. And once that becomes an official part of the project, like I'm I'm very likely going to just like yeah get a blog out on that uh, and and talk about you know the security model being next to the data. So
1: awesome. Yeah, no, that's definitely going to happen. When we're talking about momentum also, by the way, I wanted to mention quickly, um, it's been really interesting to see how Trino is more and more ranking up on the DB engines uh, list here. That's one thing that um, is seen in the industry as a good indicator on how busy it is. And Trino has been trending up and up and up. Um, And I just recently updated the numbers. So check this out, Dane. These are our current market sort of metrics. Thirty three thousand commits, that's a pretty good number, right?
3: <laughs> You're gonna have to add commas at some point to these numbers in a little log there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like it's been pretty interesting, right? Like we got over ten thousand members on Slack, eight, over eight thousand stars. And now we got fifty two community broadcast episodes. So it's
2: which uh while we're talking about stars if you love the trino uh, project please give us a star on github forward slash trino db forward slash trino
1: (laughs) right (laughs) here smack it (laughs)
2: on there's a there's a but yeah there's a button uh on the right there that you need to just pull up that little uh yeah
1: Yeah, i can go. Isn't there like a slash star or something? No, <laughs> no, no. Not, oh, yeah,
2: you can't do slash star. But I'm talking about the uh, here on the broadcast. You can bring up one of those little like uh button oh, yeah, bump up yeah. things. It's one of our yeah.
0: uh, one of our brand things.
2: Yeah, come on, okay, pull I it what up what now.
0: <laughs> Ooh, let me find it.
3: Testing Cole's knowledge of this. <laughs> oh, I to look
2: at this oh, mic setup.
3: Manners. <laughs> there it is. There it is.
0: There
2: yeah, it is. Yeah, give us a. Star. Oh, that's what you yeah. said. Oh, I just yeah. didn't
1: clue in. All right, sorry. Give us a there.
2: star. Now Dane's getting covered, but (laughs) All
1: right. I have a question.
0: (laughs) I I have a question is what's what's the origin story behind this banner?
2: so this was just um like i i I just wanted to um if somebody was talking about like some issue or complexity that they came into and then like got solved by trino i would always like to bring that one up in the early days i think i did it a couple times and then i just kept i forgot about using it but yeah anytime somebody was just like oh and we had this whole production thing came down and then i was like ouch (laughs) 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 I wanted to start even bringing in sound effects uh, uh, to, to this thing and just be like, wah, 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 wah or something like that. Ooh, but it was getting too idea. complex. I could bring a to the <laughs> if show. you want, yeah, go go ahead. Get one of those, like, uh, I can't remember what the name of the call, but they're a stream deck or something. I, I have you give, one. <laughs> you have one? Sweet. Yeah. So just, yeah, map a couple. It's literally just like a whole bunch of buttons, uh, and you just, like, push the push the buttons and and know that you have a womp womp <laughs> for one
1: of your, your sounds.
2: We can so. make that happen. Yeah. Oh. yeah, you're making all my dreams come true, Cole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, but I I, I want to get back to just... We've talked a little bit about some of the cool things that have happened in Trino over the years. but And we're always evolving. But, Dane, you've been with the code longer than anyone. Like, what is the best singular addition to Trino?
3: Uh, so... Those are, it's actually a really hard question for me. Cause like, honestly, it's what I'm doing right this minute. Uh, it's always going to be the answer. Uh, but I could tell you there, there was a point where uh, I added a feature and both David and I independently said, wow, this is awesome. This now feels like a database. <laughs> so in the beginning, Trino, uh, you actually, you, you can still see this in the code base in a few places. Trino had exactly, it had, it had uh VAR car and it had big int. And then I added double, sorry. I, I added VAR car big int, double. And then I added Boolean because we decided we needed Boolean. <laughs> I think it was something like that. And then I added generic type support and we got dates and times and all sorts of stuff and all of a sudden you're using the code base and it's like, it just felt like a real database, like a real programming language because you could actually manipulate dates and times and uh, strings much more efficiently. And like it went from like, yeah, I can kind of do this thing, but it kind of feels like a hack because it was so limited in its feature set to the point where it's like, everything you can think of that you normally would do in like Postgres or MySQL was all kind of there. Like mm. we had joins, we had aggregations, we had the full set of functions at that point, or most of the ones people actually use. Uh, and you're literally, you're typing in the command line. And you're like, oh, wow. This is like, this is really cool, which is crazy. Cause this is like nine months, maybe a year in. And all before that, it felt like a toy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I I think my favorite one was thinking through the story you guys tell about the SPI, like how that came about. And specifically, it's tied to the open source side, you know, making it open source, but then also that. But I'll let you tell it because you actually were there.
3: <laughs> I mean, which part of it? Sorry.
2: <laughs> I mean, you it tell was the a story
3: and then I'll jump in.
2: <laughs> okay, sounds good. Yeah, you just you just fill up anything I get wrong or or fill in any gaps I I leave. So it, it, the the main thing that I you know I, I've I've done enough of these write ups on all the stuff that you guys talk about, and I had to listen to a million podcasts so that I could regurgitate the information. Right. So this is this is why sometimes I feel like I've even been there <laughs> sometimes. But uh, yeah. So so the the early days, like you all were working on uh, you know internally on, on Facebook, you you we're getting the prototypes out, everything set up and, uh, you know, causing brownouts on the network and those kinds of things. And so, uh, after you had, uh, basically set up, like, I think, you know, a connector for like my or potentially a connector for like hive or something like that. I think you had those two, mm-hmm. um, you wanted to, uh, you got the authorization to, to open source this. So 2013 gets open source and you needed to have this way to basically m- handle talking to the hive that was, open source you know the, the the actual one that's just sitting out there on apache and then the one that is you know for for facebook because it needed a lot of like uh it, it, it behaved differently right and yes. so um so you you from what i understand i think martin created the sbi or was that
3: i actually don't know who he sat I think he created it
2: Okay, because I thought I thought he yeah. went through set up the inter- the initial interface, um, and then uh, and it was very like not it wasn't the four or, or multiple pieces it is today, but um, yeah, created the initial interface, and then um, you all started to just you know generically make any connector you had at that point um, work with that. And I think that that had to happen before you even open sourced it because yes. otherwise, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So we had to so. Because, so Facebook at the time, the, the way it used Hive was ever so slightly different because Facebook forked Hive about a year before we really got into Trino. And so it had legacy weird behavior. I mean, heck, you could have it today. Like, you know, the originally Hive, like the joins actually just didn't work correctly at all produce weird results and so we had to like have flags to handle Facebook style weird broken joins Um, and the metastore is slightly different. Everything was slightly different so we wanted to be able to like swap in Facebook's extensions and have like real reasonable open source versions of those sorts of things. So we added in standard SPIs um, like Actually, I have no idea who I I wrote parts of it because like I had been involved in Java EE and Java EE is all about installing applications from third parties into a server for multiple people. So like the techniques in, in uh, in Trino are actually just simplified versions of what you would do in Java EE. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew how to do them because I'd done it like in JBoss and then in Geronimo and then in OpenEJB and like, So I knew how to do this, Um, but uh, the the SPI was, yeah, it's funny because it's like the SPI is interesting, but it's like, I don't know, it's like inside baseball. It's interesting to like me and like the other devs, but the real power I think comes when you actually have implementation. So it's like having MySQL and Postgres and... So of those other things and the ability to like join across catalogs. That's when I think it becomes yeah. really powerful. So like, that's where, um, like the, that's why it's like, when we talked about the type system, I didn't talk about the fact that like you can plug new types into Trino. It has a plugin interface, which is crazy yep. for a database, yeah. but like that isn't what anyone cares about. They care that, that there's a, uh, you know, a timestamp with time zone type that works. <laughs>
2: Right. But yeah, I like from the development perspective, though, that SPI was, I think, the crucial piece. And Absolutely. I feel like that that makes Trino what it is today. It's like, it, every, you know, there's two things that people that a lot of people think of, but they think of like, you know, ad hoc on big data, lake house analytics. Mm-hmm. And then the other one really big one is, uh, you know, federated query engine. And so. That, that second one has just like a, a wide range of adoption, really simplified a lot of stuff that I was trying to do at my, like the company where I uh, discovered Presto slash Trino, uh, Presto at the time. And so it was like, you know, being able to, uh, to look over multiple data systems that had some historical data and had some more live data, basically doing this Lambda function for free without having to build your own service, manage all of that stuff, like took away pretty much like, Five services that I was working on at the time, just with and and, and just put a SQL interface on it. <laughs> it's like incredible. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's that's that for me was I thought the like uh, the the cool thing that uh, put 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 Presto and Trino like way way ahead of anything, and now and the, there's engines and things like that coming out that are replicating that federated query capability. Um, you know, and, and obviously federated as a concept, right. Is, is not new, but it's how you were doing it with the cloud, uh, type systems. How you are doing it with uh, faster networking speeds and stuff like that? Like it was now feasible at that point to be like, Hey, I'm going to pull stream all this data, you know, from this from all this storage, and literally bring bring it into this RAM on these servers, and then perform the calculation, and then spit out the results. And that happens one time, and it's not. I'm like, you can cache things, but it's like the the initial the initial version was not doing that, right? So yeah, Yeah. so that that was cool. I think that was a big one (laughs) for me.
1: And now, now we have a big wall of logos and data sources we support, right? <laughs> and we yes. add more all the time. It's interesting, okay. there's actually like uh, things happening where like new contributors are coming in uh, with adding new new connectors where I'm um, like I never even heard of these systems, which is quite amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah, really right. Really, really cool.
0: Also, Python ecosystem it's, we're, we're invading slowly through the addition of Python tools that. I love that. We
2: didn't have to really do too much to do that either. like Like, (laughs) like
0: Python, like now you can use Trino and we didn't have to work. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and
1: like uh, the, our recent Trino fest, 2023, that, that came brought to us by Star Wars, Deluxe, and AWS definitely had a lot of interesting sessions. And we just finished off the presentations and the video for Fugue and for, uh, for where is it now? I yes.
2: there it is, right there. guess yeah.
1: both of them are available. So if you've missed out, you can watch all these, read all these blog posts about them, and check that out. So make sure um, you catch up on whatever you missed out at TwinoFest 2023. And obviously, we're working towards the next event already. The summit. <laughs> In the works, no promises. <laughs>
2: <laughs> awesome. Uh,
1: yeah. There is one promise. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah, that's a good promise. <laughs> it, it will happen, and it will be good.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so was the other thing that you're working on right now, Dane? Is that dynamic catalogs?
3: Uh, well, I'm working on lots of stuff. As <laughs> okay. Always. Uh, so yeah, I, if we kind of like look forward at like really cool stuff that's gonna come out. I again, I'm not gonna put any time frame on it, but like dynamic catalogs, I think is one of the big items so like this is something we've been talking about since really the beginning of trino is like i want to be able to like have a you know create catalog command and be able to add and remove catalogs um actually i mean i would love to have an install plugin and a you know that sort of stuff that is exceedingly difficult so starting with catalogs would be a big step forward and there there we have a like you can try this out today it doesn't work because of well it does work it doesn't work as well as you would like it to because of the way hives uh what's going on with hive so that's why we're we have this project too we're literally replacing all the references to hive code and Mm. we will be decoupled from hive this, by the end of this year, um, Hive nice. and Hadoop, because that's amazing. both of them assume that they run in a singleton server and they have global access to everything. Um, this is why if you use like Hive or uh, uh, Spark, I believe even to this day, you can't connect to two different like meta stores or like different file systems with different configurations and things like that. It's because there's a single global environment. They just assume there's only one mm-hmm. and we want to be able to support multiple. We want to be able to like add a catalog, connect to a meta store, remove it and then connect that name to a different one dynamically. So you can like cycle through your catalogs and have easy setup and that sort of stuff. Uh, and that's just not possible if you're using the Hadoop code. Also like it's not, particularly well maintained anymore so (laughs) we spent a lot of time fixing stuff around it and like for all that code base the only reason we're using it was for like five readers and writers which I rewrote most of them uh Jack uh rewrote the Avro one um and We've just been porting over the couple of things that are hooked. So it's like this massive, huge pile of code that's really complex and has buggy behaviors that we have to work around for like a small set of features that most people don't use. Most people use parquet. Most people use uh, glue, you know, et cetera. And it's like you have this massive code base for like, you know, massive source of complexity and problems for something that's like, a small feature set for our end users. So
2: yeah,
3: I'm super excited to like get rid of those hooks. Um, myself and Martine are working on like simplifying the code base and improving it for features coming in newer versions of Java. So Martine's been working on, um, replacing the core thread scheduler with something that'll be more, uh, more aligned with what you can do with uh, the fibers APIs. Um, I'm working on rewriting blocks and types and block builders. So they're compatible with the new memory APIs, the vector APIs, uh, Valhalla, so like primitive classes. So like we're mm-hmm. and stripping complexity out so we can continue to move forward.
2: Yeah, and I don't remember what episode it was, but if you're curious about all this stuff that's that's coming out of Dane's mouth, we have like a, a an episode where we covered like all the Java stuff, <laughs> and so the I Java I think <laughs> it's yeah, job basically. Well, it's like a lot of stuff. I think we were just covering up to 17 because I think we were just about ready to hop to 17, and I'm sure there's even more when we get to 21. But uh, I think everything you just mentioned there is 17 and below.
1: No, uh, it's new. No. A lot of that's oh, really.
2: new. Fibers is so- new.
3: 21's getting fibers, right? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be released. Everything else I talked about is still in development. Wow. We know what the APIs are going to, we know it's there. So we have a very strong, like they've been working on these for years. So like we know what feature set they're going to do, what Mm -hmm. what they're going to be adding in. So like there's previews of some of, of actually everything, but they're not even in uh, like memory segments in preview APIs, but like Valhalla's, like that's a branch, yeah. Um, but what's required to actually pull these off in our in our engine, we have to refactor a bunch of things. Now mm. the good news is that these refactorings make the code simpler, but also faster. Mm. Like there's these core parts of Trino really haven't been worked on in seven eight years, um, and we're just simplifying
2: them. Nice. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of is, fun. Is the newer Java stuff basically kind of enforcing this better, like uh, simple, simpler code, code, uh, um, like better, better code poly- or practices?
1: It's not enforcing it. Java is one of those like anything that used to be supported at some stage oh, in the past yeah, yeah. will Fair continue enough, yeah. to work, yeah. but it's strongly encouraging, is what I would call it.
3: Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're making the language more expressive, which means you can represent more complex uh, concepts in direct code that's actually faster. So normally there's a trade-off between performance and code complexity. Mm-hmm. So like, if you wanna be really fast at uh, you know big memory management, like you're gonna work with byte arrays and it sucks. Yeah. And yeah. it's really complicated. It's hard for anyone to work on. With something like Valhalla, you can have arrays of structs which now have type interfaces and it's much easier to like code against. Nice. Um, so these are these sorts of features are going to make it easier for the more complex pieces of the code. Um, the fiber stuff means that you're no longer writing async callback code. You're just writing blocking code, which uh, is just
2: easier to think about. Nice. Um, Yeah. And that's super important. Like, I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, you see all these people coming out with like every other language to, and saying that it's, you know, whatever faster. But it's like, when you think about how hard it is to implement a feature or or get new people to come in and understand the code base, like, I feel like when it comes down to, I don't know, like, there's still pl- like uh, no very concrete evidence of you know Java falling behind in terms of any type of performance compared to others. Um, you know, there's always very specific situations where you talk about those things, and then it's like when you look at the very tangible thing that comes from having a Java code base or having a you know it, 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 even like you know something any very approachable kind of like higher level language uh, like that where there's a good amount of typing. There's things that save you from yourself. You don't have to think about the memory uh, part of the code. And it's abstracting away a lot of those very messy computer details for you so that you can just focus on much more of the logic. And that's going to make it way simpler to not only implement new features, but then for people to come in and understand what the heck's going on. You know, I mean,
3: the... The the whole like conversation about like is language X faster than language Y? Outside of like really obvious stuff like I'm running in a single threaded language with a global interpreter lock like that I just can't make faster, right? So that's just a fundamental thing about the runtime of like the Python language. Sure. Mm-hmm. Once you get beyond that, like it really most of the languages are can have the same performance. The question is, what's the complexity? Are there people who can code it reasonably well? Like, can you maintain the code base? Uh, So like, we commonly hear this like, oh, C++ is faster because of X. And it's like, I mean, at the end of the day, you can do the exact same things in Java. You can just access raw memory directly. It's not Mm -hmm. fun. There aren't great programming (laughs) constructs for it. So like, you may end up having to do some fairly complex pieces of code, uh, but that isn't, what's important is, can you maintain the code? Can you add yeah. features to it? Not, can I make one piece of code faster once? It's like, I have to maintain that moving forward. Yep. And yeah. as we all know, the real benefits are in better data structures and algorithms. So like, you know, I recently rewrote, uh, I have a PR up for the new group by hash And it uses a significantly better uh, hash table uh, implementation based on the Swiss table work from Google. Um, And it's just better. Uh, Also, I switched to a flat memory design. So it ends up being like two to 5x faster. Yeah. Uh, It's awesome. It's crazy. There are parts that are more complicated. It would be a lot easier if I had Valhalla. Uh, but there, 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 are there Monday. are parts of the flat memory that are a bit more complicated. But it, it's it's a much easier to read piece of code. And like this is a piece like the multi-channel group by hash, which is the current implementation. I wrote that like seven years ago, and we've never looked at it again because like it wasn't the slowest part of the server. You know, so I don't. I, I have a lot to say about. Perf- the way people talk about performance, like it's, yeah. it's typically misinformed. And a lot of it is like, I don't know, like, let's call it like high school or college level, like, you know, Oh, my ex is faster than your ex.
2: And it's like, <laughs> yeah, my dad's stronger than your dad. <laughs> yeah, none, none
3: of that really matters. It's like, you got to make it faster and you have to continuously make it faster. Yeah. Cause the thing you're measuring against is going to get better. Yeah. And can you actually do that? Did you make the code so complex you could actually never change it? And that's, yeah. a, that, that's a the that's a the real beast you're fighting against the whole time is complexity.
2: Yeah. So yeah, Cole,
1: that's... do you see any 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 indication of continuous performance improvements in Trino? I mean,
3: there's
0: like always five in a release, you know, they're always <laughs> happening. Uh, so and I, I have to say like when I was a, a young intern at Facebook I had that I got that same lecture from Dane and it reshaped the way I thought about being an engineer and it made me a much better engineer so we need to do like a Dane talks about performance series <laughs> at some point for <laughs> college students to Embrace it so that the yeah. uh, programming language wars can quiet down and they can start focusing on writing good code. But oh, yeah, yeah never you're not going to quiet gonna down. that battle. <laughs> no. There's
2: plenty of vendors that need that battle to persist.
0: It drives engagement. We like yeah. engagement. <laughs> <laughs> we must fight. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. Uh,
0: but yeah, I mean, I think the fact that Trino is still kicking, still active development, still being improved every week in and out. 11, 12 years later is a testament to the philosophy being a success.
1: So, yeah. And and, and we'll also continue with the the community broadcast episodes, right? Like we have 50 in the box. Let's add some more, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I have one correction from earlier that I want to make before we wrap <laughs> things up. Uh, Brian pointed it out. I've, I've fixed his role here. We, we demoted Brian <laughs> to developer advocate. That was incorrect. Brian is the head of developer relations at Tabular. So, if you saw his job title listed at mm. Developer Advocate earlier in this episode, I apologize. Brian, I'm very sorry. We <laughs> don't <I> just... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Chief. Call me Chief.
3: <laughs> you,
2: you know uh, yeah. you
3: guys signed up to edit that page every time someone switches jobs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's whatever your job is when the
2: episode At occurs. the time. It's yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And and titles are only an approximation of what you're doing anyway. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) The original might have been more accurate than so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But thank you very much, Brian and Dane, for
0: joining us for this episode. That was a great talk. It's nice to have Brian back. Nice to have you back as well, Dane. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you both again at some point in the future on the Trina Community Broadcast. As Manfred said, we're going to keep pumping these out. And we have reasons to bring you both back sometime and again. So, Nice. Thank you all, and uh, to everyone who tuned in, whether it was live or after the fact, 98% of our viewership being after the fact, I'll mostly just be (laughs) speaking to those people. Uh, Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any comments, questions, feel free to reach out to us on Slack, as always, and uh, check out the Trino website for more community updates, blog posts, Trino Summit News, but uh, aside from that, we'll see you next time. See you guys.
2: Music for the show is from the Mega Man 6 gameplay album by Shishtoff Swabikovsky. Don't forget to give us a star on the Trino repository at github.com forward slash Trino DB forward slash Trino. And for more information on future shows and to find show notes, check out Trino.io forward slash broadcast.